In-N-Out Burger is one of my clients. They have an incredible culture. They know what they stand for and they're all about quality. You cannot make a hamburger unless you work there for at least a year. Wow. And then you have to be apprenticed. You have to be an apprentice of someone who is a hamburger maker and it's an honor in their culture to be chosen to be someone who's gonna make hamburgers. So this is like how you rise up in the organization and become then an assistant manager and then a manager. And so it's part of their culture and their quality. I once asked them, would you ever do chicken sandwiches? And they looked at me like I had five heads. Like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> no, we would never sacrifice our quality. Welcome to the Beyond Speaking podcast from Premier Speakers Bureau, featuring in-depth conversations with the world's most in-demand keynote speakers. Our guest today is the one, the only John Gordon. John, and I'm going to keep that. He's got a massive intro, like everything. He's done a whole lot of stuff. But the short, sweet version is he's a leadership expert, a mindset expert. We're going to talk about a lot of that today. He's spoken to a ton of Fortune 500 companies, uh, uh, professional sports teams. He's got 15 Wall Street Journal bestsellers. He's a dad, an entrepreneur. And I don't know if he's afraid of change, but if he is, he's certainly learned how to overcome it. So, uh, John, thank you so much for joining us and being part of the Beyond Speaking podcast. Hey, Brian, thanks for having me. And I want you and everyone to know that my bio actually says his past accomplishments are meaningless. What matters most <laughs> is that I say something today that will inspire you to take action. Yes. Well, that's absolutely true. And that's that's the hope for this. Like for me, like part of it like this is like I work for Speakers Bureau. For me, what I when I go into an interview, I go into it saying, what's the most interesting thing here? Because everybody's everybody's seen like they can see promo videos and everything else. And for me, and just like a lot of event planners out there or executives, they kind of get burned out on the super salesy stuff. And so for me, I'm like, what's really interesting? And so one, I do want to talk about this because I've already posted, like I've already underlined and posted two things on social media, one on LinkedIn, one on Instagram of like quotes from this that I really like um, from your new book, The One Truth. Um, but one thing that I think is really fascinating about you is, so what, first question is, what is your athletic background? Like John Gordon, what's your sports background? Because you've spoken to so many like professional sports teams, you're like buddies with everybody. Um, what's your own personal background? Yeah, people often ask me that because I do speak to so many pro and college sports teams and I'm naturally an athlete. I think like an athlete. I think like a coach in many ways because sports have been involved in my life from the time I was six years old playing little league baseball and also football. My older brother was playing, so I wanted to play and they put a number on me, half. My number was half. I was so small <laughs> and they put me on the team. And ever since I just couldn't wait to get on the field to be able to play, I would go on to play uh, football, basketball, baseball, lacrosse, got recruited to play football in college mm -hmm. and then decided to play lacrosse at Cornell University. So the experience of playing lacrosse at Cornell just changed my life. They were a top 10 program. Richie Moran was a legendary coach. The Hall of Fame is named after him. And mm. the fact that he would believe in me and recruit me and bring me to Cornell, this Ivy League school where I was a blue collar kid from a family that didn't make more than $30,000 a year combined. My parents, neither of them, you know, had a four-year degree in college. My dad was a New York City police officer. So for me to go there was just a really incredible experience. And it definitely changed the course of my life. Wow. So how do you take that? So when you go and so that's your background, which is very impressive, like you're you're a, obviously above average for a human. But then you go talk to these people that feel like they're from another planet, like these NBA players or massive football players or whatever. 
um, how do you like, how do you bring your background to them? And because obviously you're doing it so much, they're respecting you and you're getting brought back for a reason. Like, what is it that you tell them that they don't already know? Right. Well, I'm standing in front of them. It's clear that I'm not a professional athlete. So they can look at me and go, <laughs> all right, this guy probably didn't play in the NFL. Although I look like a former athlete, but not maybe an athlete at the highest level. What's really funny is I've gotten in shape recently, more so now past 50. I'm in the best shape of my life where Eric Spolstra, the coach of the Miami, he said, John, you used to look like a writer. Now you look like the former division one athlete that you were actually. So that's a good sign. <laughs> You're like, thanks, Bo. Yeah, thanks, Bo. But for me, for <laughs> me, yeah, when I'm standing in front of them, I know what makes great leaders great. I know what makes great cultures great. I know what makes a great team great. And I know what makes a great mindset. Like I am an expert. I don't think there's anyone on the planet that knows this better than me from all the facets of leadership, culture, teamwork mindset to be able to help a team perform at their highest level, to help an individual perform at their highest level. There are people that are good at mindset. There are people that are good with culture, but to be able to bring it all together. So when I'm in front of them, I'm sharing my experience of working with the Jaguars from the first talk I gave. Jack Del Rio was the head coach in 2007. So I've been doing this a long time to the, to the LA Rams, to the Miami Heat, to the Chargers, to, to the 49ers, to the Eagles, to NBA teams like the Miami Heat and then also the Toronto Raptors and other teams like that. So I've worked with teams that have won NBA championships and teams that have won Stanley Cups and teams that have won college championships, Clemson football for the past 12 years. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to countless sports programs. So I've been in the rooms. I've been in front of people. I've been with the greatest of the greats. And when Damon Lillard says that he read my book, Training Camp, and it helped him become the player that he is, People listen to that. They know, okay, this guy has something that he can say that can help them. When Sean McVay says, hey, John mentored me from the time that I got in the NFL and helped me develop my culture and leadership as a leader of the Rams that win a Super Bowl, people listen. Now, I don't say that initially, but when I walk in, people have an understanding that this is who I am. This is what I've done. And this is how I help teams get better. And when you're standing in front of that room, it's not about your agenda. They don't want to think you have an agenda. If they think you have an agenda, they are tuning you out. Can this guy help me get better? And that's what I'm all about. When I talk to them, I say, my agenda is not to sell you a book. It's not to, 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 get, to get a selfie with you. My agenda is to help you get better. And guess what? If you can help someone get better, the highest level guys, the greatest of the greats, they all want to get better. And they're all looking for that edge. The other night at dinner, me, Chip Kelly, Sean McVay, Eric Spolstra getting together at dinner and a guy named David Nurse, who's an NBA skills guy yep. and also a speaker as well now. We all got together for dinner. A couple other friends joined and there we were sitting there talking. It was like a think tank and it was great. Spo pulls out his notebook and he's literally taking notes as Chip Kelly shared an idea and Sean McVay shared something he did and he's writing these ideas down. The best are always looking for an edge and they'll get it from anyone. And if they think you can make them better, they want to hear from what you have to say. So I love that about these guys. Cause then you go to these like high school guys that think they know everything and literally they, they don't want to talk to anyone because they have it all figured out. Meanwhile, you got Billy Donovan, coach Calipari, Spostra, and all these guys always looking for the edge on ways to get better. So, so, so I, I love it. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's energizing and there's nothing better to talk with leaders of the highest level who are doing it at the highest level saying, okay, what do I need to know? What am I missing? 
what's the next thing? And that's where the one truth comes in. Cause I was like, guys, the one truth is the next thing you need to know because no one has ever said it like this and in this way. And it's a, it's a paradigm shifting book in terms of performance. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really like the book. I mean, one of the, one of the quotes I was saying is that, uh, let's see here. Um, this is great radio right now as I hunt through here, but just because you have a thought, I don't know if you can see it here, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to believe it. Like, I love that quote in there of, um, is that just because something pops up doesn't mean you have to believe you don't have to build around it. Like, where did that come from for you? And how do you apply that, you know, in, when you're leading and teaching? Well, if you're in sales or you're in business or you're in sports, the high performers know that negative thoughts are always going to come in. They always do. And I always say this, your negative thoughts come from you. And they go, yeah, of course they're in my head. But here's the next question. If you believe your negative thoughts come from you, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you ever choose a negative thought that sabotaged you, that said you didn't have it today, you weren't going to perform well, the business is going to go under, you're not going to hit your numbers or your quota. You would never have those thoughts. They always come in and they often sabotage us. So when you talk about that and you can share that with, with these athletes or high performers in business, they get it. They understand. And then it's like, okay, don't believe the lies that the, those negative thoughts tell. Let me tell you what to do. Speak truth to the lies. Then you help them with a strategy in how to overcome the negative thoughts, how to speak truth or words of encouragement, how to have these positive thoughts that overcome. Where do these thoughts come from? How to how to fuel yourself with them more often, how to get to that higher state of mind instead of the lower state of mind. And next thing you know, you're performing at a higher level as a result of that. So for me, I was searching on how to overcome my negative thoughts. I was searching to be better myself. And I realized my whole life has been a quest. How do I get better? And now it's about how do I help others get better? Because I've always wanted to get better. And now how can I help others? Because when you're teaching people and you're helping them, but you see, you still see them struggling or you see someone else working with them and you still see them struggling and you realize, oh, they got this going on and they have this pattern. It's like you're a doctor. You start to see patterns with mm -hmm. people. And once you see the pattern, you know the symptom, then you have the solution. Someone the other day called me a soul doctor or a mind doctor because I can literally see what their issue is and help them move past it and immediately, like within literally a one session, I can help you move past it or one talk one keynote, I can literally help your organization move to another level by, by understanding the challenge, providing the solution and helping you think differently. This is not positive Pollyanna thinking. This is how do I think in a way that gets me to a higher level? So I perform at a higher level. Well, I mean, you know, two of the big things right now I've noticed just working with, you know, all types of different companies across the U S and some international as well, is that two of the biggest things are uh, emotional health, um, and then also, uh, culture. So the first one, so like when you're talking to someone about emotional health, like how do you, um, how do you mental health, how do you get someone started on that? Like, I know this is very general, but how do you get somebody started on that? Like tomorrow, how can you improve your mental health? Well, you first have to talk about like what's going on because so many people now are feeling more overwhelmed than ever. They're feeling busier than ever, more stressed than ever, and more anxiety than ever. And then you have to look at the root cause. Where is this anxiety coming from? Mm -hmm. And the root for the Greek word of anxious means to separate and divide. And so when you're anxious, you feel separate and divided. This was my newsletter today that mm -hmm. you can actually see we're living in a very divided nation more than ever. There's a political divide. There's an ideological divide. There's 
in many ways, a psychological divide with people. Like we all are feeling divided in so many ways. So of course there's so much anxiety now and there's more overwhelm. And once you understand that, okay, now I feel separate. I feel disconnected. I feel isolated. I feel alone. You then see what the root cause is. It's about bringing people back into oneness and unity and connection. There was Eddie George yesterday, actually on Colin Coward, talking about the energy bus and how he was reading the book with his coaching staff, getting them all on the bus together, mm -hmm. moving in the right direction. Because a lot of times you have a lot of coaches that are going in different directions. Mm -hmm. He was asked the biggest challenge. He's like, we've got to get people connected and united. That's the biggest challenge most organizations have. And it's also the biggest challenge we have individually. So what you can understand it at the team level then at the individual level, the psychological level, you can see how negative thoughts divide us. They separate us. Fear divides us. We get mm -hmm. busy and stressed. Again, that causes anxiety. So we're having all of this, all these feelings of, of division and separation. So it's about coming back to oneness, to unity, to wholeness. And it's positive thoughts that help us do that. When you go from oneness to separateness, you go from positive to negative. That's why all mental health Disorders report feelings of isolation, being alone and disconnected. So it's about, okay, how do I move people back towards oneness, community, connection, relationships, building a great team so that person feels like they're part of the team, part of the organization. They're going to be engaged in a greater way. And so when I go to these organizations like businesses or, or big school districts where there might be a lot of negativity and pessimism, when I go there, it's about talking about this in real terms and practical terms in a level that they understand, all of a sudden their, their light bulbs go on. They're like, this makes so much sense. And then you've actually gotten rid of, you've gotten rid of the problem. Like you've, you've exposed it. So now you're getting rid of it. And now you can start focusing on the solution of this is how we get to a higher level together. This is how you can perform at a higher level. This is how you can feel better individually. And this is pretty it's rare what I do, but it's why I wrote The One Truth, because pretty much sums up the teaching that's going to get people to this higher level on, on how to do it. Most people are just trying to focus on the, the problems and the symptoms, and you never get to the root cause, so then, then you never get to the solution. Mm -hmm. And I, I love helping people move past this challenge that they have. And it's really cool, because when you leave a talk, the overwhelm is gone, the anxiety is gone, the fear and the stress is gone, and they have a clear plan and action steps they can take. And that makes them feel lighter and freer. And then they go perform at a higher level. I had an NFL guy say, man, I was really cluttered last year. Like a lot of clutter. I had a low state of mind. I go, I know I was watching you play. And uh, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, yeah, I just feel different now. And then literally that week, his coaches said he looked like a different player. He yeah. was lighter and free, had more energy. And that's the power of this. You know, when it comes to culture, you know, what are the keys that the best teams, the best companies, or even just the best, like a management team or something like that, what are the keys that they do to have the best culture possible? Well, they know what they stand for. And once you know what you stand for, every decision you make is easy. So they're very clear on what they stand for, what their culture stands for, and what they're about. in and out Burger is one of my clients. They have an incredible culture. They know what they stand for and they're all about quality. You cannot make a hamburger unless you work there for at least a year. Wow. And then you have to be apprenticed. You have to be an apprentice of someone who is a hamburger maker and it's an honor in their culture. 
to be chosen to be someone who's going to make hamburgers. So this is like how you rise up in the organization and become then an assistant manager and then a manager. And so it's part of their culture and their quality. I once asked them, would you ever do chicken sandwiches? And they looked at me like I had five heads. Like, are you crazy? Like, <laughs> no, we would never sacrifice our quality. So it's just an example of what our culture stands for. And then the other thing is they have a shared vision and mission to create a great culture. Like this is where we're going. And this is why we're going there. And everyone understands it. Recognizing that culture is not static, it's dynamic. So every day we are creating our culture by what we believe and value and think and say and do. And here's another key. Consistency creates culture. Hmm. So we have to be consistent every day on the values, the vision, and the mission, the behaviors and habits that create our culture day in and day out. So if you're not consistent, you're not going to have a consistent culture. You're going to have a culture that doesn't recognize what the values are, and you're going to have behaviors that aren't really standards. And so no one knows what they're really doing and how they're showing up every day and what really truly matters. Clarity is essential. You you have clarity, and clarity always leads to focus action. So the leaders are driving the clarity, and then everyone understands what their role is, why they're there, the mission, the behaviors, the habits, and what does it look like to be part of this organization and team and what it doesn't look like? Culture comes from the word cult. And so your culture should be so strong that there's something different about you when you look from the outside. Like there's something strange about those people, but you know what? I like it. There's something unique about them, but wow, they are they are really powerful. They stand out in this world. Mm-hmm. And that's what great cultures are all about. Relationships also create your culture. So it's about investing in people and developing those relationships. And the best cultures are all about investing in people, pouring into people, developing meaningful and strong relationships that also create the culture. Because if you don't have great relationships, you're going to have a dysfunctional culture. And so your culture is only as good as the quality of your relationships. And that's really important. How can an inconsistent person become consistent? Oh, great question. It really is about identifying what you truly want and what matters most. Like, what do you want? What matters most? And then from there, what are the things that are holding you back from being inconsistent? And so often it looks like you're being lazy, but you're actually fearful or you actually feel unworthy. And so you have to understand why this matters and why you matter and why you deserve the goal that you actually want to achieve. And once you understand that, okay, I can wake up every day. I can focus on what matters most. I can know that if I work hard and guess what, if I am someone who is providing value to other people and know that I'm valuable myself, that I can achieve the results that I want to achieve. And I think having that mindset and framework allows you to be more consistent. But if you don't have a process and you don't have a why, then you'll never be consistent. Mm, that's I mean, that's so good. I mean, that's one of the things that I've I keep hearing over and over again. I know one time you talked about um, you know, the ability to bounce back from a negative thing is such is so key, but also just being consistent, just just getting up and doing that right thing. And you asked me about you mentioned change early on. I'm not afraid of change at all. I think a lot of people are afraid of change. I believe we actually like change. We like what change produces. We just don't like transition. <laughs> it's the transition we don't like as we move towards the change because transition is uncomfortable. And I think that causes us to actually 
not like the discomfort that we feel as we're going through the change because we all want to be comfortable. So you have to be willing to be uncomfortable through the process. And you as an organization have to be communicating and connecting and demonstrate, demonstrating commitment and developing relationships as you're going through the change so that people want to join in on this change together as you're creating it together. Otherwise, the discomfort could break apart the team. Who I'm always curious to know, like I love origin stories. Who are some of the mentors, you know, whether it's this industry of, you know, being speakers and authors, who are those people that you kind of looked up to as you were getting into it or who are your sort of biggest mentors now? You know, when I was really struggling in my life and I was really negative and fearful and anxious, I honestly cried out and said, what am I born to do? Why am I here? As I yelled to the heavens, why am I here? What is my purpose? And writing and speaking came to me in that moment. And I knew this is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I just had this knowing. And Ken Blanchard was my role model that I thought about when I started this. Because Ken Blanchard taught at Cornell, where I went to school. And so he was a legend. And he wrote The One Minute Manager. So I watched him. And I had read his book. And I had you know, just, just seen him over the years. Not in a personal way. But then I reached out to him. And then I was in Las Vegas speaking early on in my career. And I invited him to go meet Danny Gans, who was putting on a show. And we got to meet Danny in the, in the backstage because I sent Danny Gans the manuscript of the energy bus before it even came out. And Danny Gans actually read it and was so kind that he invited me to a show. So I reached out to Ken, seeing that he was in Las Vegas and said, hey, Ken, would you like to come? And he and his wife joined me and my wife. It was an incredible impromptu meeting. <laughs> and then just seeing how kind he was and the way he lived and the kind of success he was. And yet at the same time, he had this just this incredible spirit and energy and essence about him. I remember thinking, I want to be more like him. That's that's my role model. And he's been my role model ever since. And there we were. I think he was like 79 years old. We're, we're on a stage together, teaching together. And he was going for it. I mean, he was just on fire. And I thought, here is this guy still showing me what it looks like that when I'm 79, I want to be just like that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, uh, so one last question. I know we've only got a little bit more time here. So one, uh, like I coach little kids sports. And so one thing I'm always telling parents is the sooner they're better, the better. And so, uh, you know, writing books for grownups and everything else is hugely important, but a lot of times people are really, are, are really formed by then and change is a little bit harder, but I love the fact with that mindset, I love the fact that you did the energy bus for kids. So I know it's been out a little while, but what was your favorite part of that? And what's the experience been like having this thing that parents can actually give their kids? I have five kids books now, which is really cool. Oh, five. Well, energy, that's the one yeah. I've, that's the one I've, I've have. So that's how you I know it's, which is wild. Cause I have energy bus for kids and coffee bean for kids now. And thank you. And good night, which is like good night moon, but with gratitude and one word for kids. I'm actually gonna do a few more kids books. I'm going to do positive leadership for kids, which I can't wait. And I got a really cool story for that. I love impacting the next generation. And it's been fun because I'll meet parents. I'll meet, dads at events that are CEOs, man, we read your book every night as a family, <laughs> you know, but then I'm now pouring into his, his leadership team or his organization. And yet they also read my books at home for their kids, which is, which is fun knowing you're making a difference at every level. But the wildest thing about that is I know these kids are going to be future adults and hopefully they'll read my books as they get older. Cause I'll meet kids now that are now teenagers that read my kid's book years ago. They're like, Oh, I read your book growing up. 
And now I'm meeting 30 something year olds that read my books in college because they were on a sports team I went and spoke to. And now they're the leaders of these companies. So wow. Brian, I always say that I'm, I'm, I'm reaching the future people who will be paying me to come speak to their organization when I'm 70 <laughs> and 80. They'd that's be like, a, that's I, I grew really up with John Gordon. I'm, yeah, it's a long time. I'm going to have John Gordon come speak. He's 80, he made a difference. So I'm, I'm making sure I have business later on when I'm, when I'm older. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I never, well, but I never, th- I never sure. thought of it like that. I never thought that in any way, but it's been the coolest thing of my life mm. to meet people now. And it also makes me realize that, wow, I'm getting older because I'll, <laughs> I'll meet people and they're like, oh yeah, man, I read your book when I'm, when I was 18. I'm like, wait, you're 30 something years old now like oh it's been that long since i've been writing and speaking and that is the coolest feeling to see these people what they've become who they are and they tell you their books then that my books impacted influenced them and the way they think to me that is the most special thing and why i do what i do and what truly drives me every day people say why are you still doing this like you sold millions of books you do all these talks you, you don't need to as much anymore i know it's my mission i know i'm supposed to do this till the day i die and that's my goal is to continue to do this as long as I can stay healthy and make an impact. For those who are watching, listening, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And you can also check out John Gordon at premierspeakers.com. So John, thanks again so much for coming and being a guest here on the Beyond Speaking Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Brian. And I just love Premier. Love what you're all about, what you stand for, and, and you're the best. Oh, thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. To learn more about today's guests, visit premierspeakers.com. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen.